to St. John's Sermons, a podcast from St. John's Lutheran Church, North Prairie, Wisconsin, a congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We offer this podcast with the loving encouragement to use it as a supplement to your own regular reception of the Lord's gifts of forgiveness and life in word and sacrament on the Lord's day. The Lord bless your hearing of these sermons. the incense of our repentant prayer ascend before you, O Lord, and let your loving kindness descend on us, that with purified minds we may sing your praises with the church on earth and the whole heavenly host and may glorify you forever. Amen. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. With my lips I declare all the just decrees of your mouth. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from St. John, the 11th chapter. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you are going there again. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. 
Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her were also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people. Not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. And not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim. And there he stayed with the disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country of Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus 
and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? That he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. O Lord, have mercy on us. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. Our current series about faith has been exploring the biblical template of how people have received faith in the biblical narratives of Jesus' miracles. Now, why is this important? Because we receive faith the same way they did. In fact, we are the people in these narratives. We were once, spiritually speaking, deaf. We were once blind. We were once crippled. In fact, we were once dead, unable to muster any faith. And of course, faith is important because without it, you can't be saved. But before we look at this text and see what it tells us about faith and how we get it, I have a couple questions. How did God create the whole world with his words? How did Jesus raise dead Lazarus from a tomb with his words? In the Gospel of John, what was in the beginning? The Word. What was with God? The Word. What was God? The Word. What became flesh and dwelt among us? The Word. What will never pass away? The Word. Jesus' words. And what is the only way that the Bible says we can have faith? By hearing the words of Christ. Now, when we hear this narrative, it's helpful to realize that it isn't just an interesting story about Martha, Lazarus, and Jesus doing a cool miracle. Ultimately, this narrative is about the same thing the whole Bible is about. Jesus, the Word made flesh. And just in this narrative, as Jesus' words take center stage, so in the Bible, Jesus' words take center stage. Words that, when heard, bring faith. Now, one thing that really drives home the meaning of this narrative is this. It really happened. This isn't a storybook fable that might have happened or might not have happened, but it doesn't matter. Because what's important is the moral lesson it teaches. No! No and no. It does matter. If you doubt this miracle, you're doubting God's word. This really happened. Jesus really spoke these words to Martha. Lazarus really was dead. And Jesus really raised him to life. And in the midst of all this realness, Jesus says some words. A promise that will never pass away. A promise that when heard, brings faith to believe it's true. Okay, now let's look at our text. Notice in our narrative, Jesus said to Martha, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Notice Martha's answer, or what we could consider her confession of faith, came after hearing the words of Christ. Your brother will rise again. 
And she even added, in the resurrection on the last day. Now, how did she know to add that? Well, she'd heard it before. And she got faith from hearing Jesus' words prior to that. Then Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. The order here is important. Martha heard Jesus' words first, then it strengthened the faith in her, which she previously received by hearing Jesus' words before. Faith is a gift from God. It's not our work. According to Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. This is the biblical template of how a person receives faith. Now, a question I love to ask when looking at a text of Scripture is why is this in the Bible? Now, there certainly are more than one answer to that question. But for tonight's topic, how someone gets faith, one of the reasons this is in your Bible is so that you can hear these words of Jesus to Martha. Now, it's true this is a conversation between Martha and Jesus. But Martha's ears weren't the only ears that were meant to hear this. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. You were meant to hear this. How do I know? Because the clear picture in this narrative and in the Bible is that faith comes by hearing the words of Christ. It's no mistake this conversation between Martha and Jesus is in your Bible. And it's no mistake that you're hearing it right now. So hear this promise again that Jesus is telling you. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Now why can you trust these words are true? Because two weeks after they were said, the one who said them was nailed to a Roman cross outside the city gates of Jerusalem, died and was buried, and three days later rose again. Now let's get to dead Lazarus in a tomb. We're about to see a clearer picture of just how much we contribute to getting faith. This, of course, is an amazing miracle. A dead man raised to life. But what does this miracle teach us about how a person receives a miracle or anything from God? How much effort did Lazarus put in to being raised from the dead? How much anything did Lazarus' corpse do to come to life? He did nothing except one thing he heard. The words went forth from Jesus' mouth and hit his dead ears, and it raised him from the dead. So here's my question again. Why is this in the Bible? Our hope as Christians is a bodily, physical resurrection. In this narrative, Jesus just said he was the resurrection and the life, and that whoever believes in him, though he die, yet he shall live. And then he raises a dead guy. That's not a coincidence. That's not an accident. This is intentional. This is proving the point that Jesus has power even over death. This is Jesus saying, my words are true. I'm able to deliver the promise that I just made. This is a tangible representation of our hope as Christians. 
Because just as Jesus raised his dead friend Lazarus from his tomb, so too will Jesus raise you and me who believe from ours. So I don't have a list of ten things you can do to increase your faith. I don't have a challenge for you to try harder to believe this stuff is true. In fact, the whole point of our series is you can't try harder to believe this stuff is true. All I have for you tonight are Jesus' words to you and the biblical claim that the only way you can believe this is true is to hear it. You can't make a decision to believe this. You can't make a commitment. You can't pull up your bootstraps to believe this is true. Faith is a gift from God. It's not something you do for God. It's not your gift to God. It's God's gift to you. So hear it again. This promise that Jesus is saying to you. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This podcast is a service of St. John's Lutheran Church in North Prairie, Wisconsin. For more information, including location, service times, and links to other Lutheran agencies, please visit our website at www.stjohnsnp.org. That's www.stjohnsnp.org. Theme music performed by Mr. Philip Magnus.